KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. For Attorney General of the United States, I nominate a man of impeccable integrity, Judge Merrick Garland, one of the most respected jurists of our time, brilliant yet humble, distinguished yet modest, full of character and decency. To serve as attorney general at this critical time, to lead the more than 113,000 dedicated men and women who work at the department to ensure the rule of law is a calling I am honored and eager to answer. President-elect Joe Biden has chosen his nominee for attorney general in his cabinet, Judge Merrick Garland, who is widely known as the pick of former President Barack Obama to be appointed to the Supreme Court, who never got a vote before Congress. Now, we wanted to learn much more about Judge Garland's career and what he will bring to the position of attorney general, assuming he is confirmed. So we reached out to Michael Moreland, professor of law at Villanova University. Give a listen. So Joe Biden, the president-elect, has selected Merrick Garland uh, to be his nominee to be attorney general. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Merrick Garland. I think it's a name that most people recognize because he was appointed to, or the nominee to the Supreme Court that never actually got a vote. But tell us a little bit about him. Well, he's a very well-respected judge on the D.C. Circuit, which is the court of appeals that handles uh, cases coming out of of Washington, D.C., especially a lot of cases involving administrative agencies. Uh, Before that, he was a very well-regarded lawyer, uh, long career, both as a government lawyer in the Department of Justice and as a prosecutor. He had a time in uh, private practice at a D.C. law firm. uh, And before that, he uh, clerked uh, for Justice Brennan on the U.S. Supreme Court. All in all, uh, you know, one of the most well-regarded people in the Washington legal world. And uh, it was no surprise that his name had been uh, out there as a possible nominee and that uh, eventually he was he was tapped for it. What does his nomination tell you about what the Biden administration's uh, priorities will be from a Department of Justice standpoint? Well, it, in Judge Garland, you have someone who, given the respect in which he's, he's held, it, it will be a sign that uh, they want someone at DOJ who will both be able to manage the department uh, very effectively, but will also set a tone for the uh, for the department. But a lot also depends on uh, who else is picked for the other kinds of positions. They, they gave out some other names of uh, prospective nominees uh, the other day, including for uh, the deputy attorney general, the head of the civil rights division. And so to that extent, a lot of what the department will emphasize in a Biden administration will depend on who those people are, uh, who, of course, report to uh, Judge Garland as the attorney general, but have a lot of day-to-day uh, line authority for those divisions of the department. How unusual is choosing a judge for this position? I feel like as a layman that I, I don't feel like I've seen that a lot. It's not that common. Uh, at the end of the George W. Bush administration, uh, they, uh, the president tapped uh, Michael McCasey, who was a district judge in New York, to be the attorney general. Uh, also, uh, Michael Chertoff, who was an appeals court judge, like Judge Garland, was made uh, secretary of Homeland Security in the in the George W. Bush administration. So it's not unheard of for a judge, especially a judge nearing uh, retirement age, which uh, which Judge Garland is, to step down and, and do something else. 
but to move from that to attorney general, that, that hasn't happened that often, to be sure. This was a, a cabinet nomination I know a lot of people were waiting for and were kind of wondering when it was going to come. Uh, not for nothing, do you think that President-elect Biden was waiting to see what happened in Georgia on Tuesday? Not even so much for the nomination, but replacing Garland on the court is going to be a lot easier with a uh, Democratic-led Senate. That's true. I, I suspect Judge Garland would have been confirmed even in a Republican-controlled Senate because of the respect in which he's held and that, uh, for instance, when he was confirmed to the D.C. Circuit in the 1990s, I think the vote was something like 75 to 25. So he, uh, so he's had Republican support before for a position like the, uh, for, for these kinds of positions. So uh, I think that uh, he would have been confirmed even then, but you're right, this does not create an opening on the DC circuit uh, to, for the vacancy that will be left if he's confirmed. And to that extent now, they'll be able to fill that seat as well uh, and have some more flexibility with who they pick for that, given that now Democrats will control the Senate. Um, as we're talking here on Thursday, obviously it was quite a day in D.C., and there's going to be a lot of fallout. Um, how full is Merrick Garland's plate going to be whenever he starts uh, kind of taking stock of what happened yesterday and, and kind of uh, filtering through it and charging people and stuff like that? Well, we'll see. I, I do think that the fact that he is uh, likely to be such a steady hand and uh, someone who will inspire confidence, uh, even among uh, some Republicans, uh, I think that that's all a good sign. Interestingly, also, his background at the Department of Justice was largely in the context of criminal law enforcement. In fact, he uh, began the uh, criminal investigation and then prosecution of the Oklahoma city bombers. And so to that extent, uh, he also will be able to step into the role of overseeing DOJ's criminal enforcement in a way that uh, some other nominees might not have been able to do so. And there has been a lot of talk of the next Department of Justice. How will they handle allegations of crimes within the Trump administration? Does the nomination of Garland send any smoke signals? What you think we can expect as far as uh, looking back on allegations and concerns? I don't, I don't, I think that's still up in the air. Uh, I think it a lot depends on the appetite for that from the president himself uh, for doing something like that. I mean, uh, uh, anything that would involve investigation or prosecution of a, of a previous administration, like you're asking, I think that's not the kind of thing that the attorney general on his own uh, would have a full say on. I think that's something that would be vetted at the very highest levels of the White House itself. There has been a lot of discussion with the, as we've seen the cabinet, of course, Joe Biden had promised a cabinet that, you know, an administration that kind of reflects the, the country. Do you think the, the choice of Judge Garland at Attorney General, will that satisfy all uh, the, the, the vast swath of the Democratic Party? Well, we'll see. It was, uh, it has been publicly reported the last several weeks that some progressive groups had wanted the attorney general pick either uh, to be someone diverse uh, and or uh, someone with a strong record of, uh, of activism as a, as a progressive. And as a judge, uh, and this goes back to a Supreme Court nomination in 2016, Judge Garland has a reputation as a moderate. Um, there was even back in 2016, uh, some progressives weren't 
happy with the pick uh, by President Obama because he has a record as something of uh, somewhat deferential to the government in criminal prosecutions, for example. Um, he was deferential to the government in uh, the Guantanamo Bay cases involving um, uh, terrorists who were uh, held there and, and the kind of judicial process they were entitled to. So to that extent, uh, he has a long reputation as someone who's, again, a kind of establishment Democrat, um, uh, someone on the left, but 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 quite moderate in many ways, uh, and deferential to the government uh, in a lot of settings. I think some progressives uh, back even when he's nominated Supreme Court, but even now, maybe would have hoped for someone who had a longer record of, of real activism. But it shows that the administration didn't want to go that route as it has with uh, some other picks uh, like Janet Yellen at the Treasury, um, the pick for Secretary of State, people who are a little more establishment and not likely to rock the boat uh, that much initially. What do you think would be kind of the day one priorities for assuming he is confirmed for, for Judge Garland? when he becomes attorney general. And I don't mean from a, a case standpoint, but I just mean what are kind of the first things you'll think he'll want to stress to the employees, the career folks that have been there uh, once he takes over? I think one, as I mentioned a little bit before, I think will be to uh, identify in conjunction with the White House uh, people to head the other divisions. They've picked someone for the Civil Rights Division, but the others are still still open. And so I think part of it will be uh, staffing out uh, the political appointees. But then I do think that uh, part of the uh, importance of Judge Garland as a pick is that it would send a strong signal that the White House uh, is putting someone at, at DOJ as attorney general who is very confidence inspiring. There has been talk that a lot of the career staff, which, you know, sometimes, especially in the Republican administration, might feel that, uh, that the department's been overly politicized. Uh, I think a lot of them will be, uh, ha have some con you know, confirmation of, of, their, uh, of their view that, uh, that someone like Judge Garland has their back and respects the work of the, of the department, which I, don't, I think, again, I, uh, I think that people like uh, Attorney General Sessions and Attorney General Barr uh, did reasonably well uh, as, as attorneys general, given the difficult situation they were in, to be sure, <laughs> with, uh, with the president uh, being who he was. But I do think that someone like Judge Garland is someone who would inspire a lot of confidence among the career staff. We talk about it'll be easier to confirm his replacement on the Court of Appeals. How big a position is that for people that aren't familiar? You kind of gave us a primer on what it's all about, but when it comes to like there's so much focus on the Supreme Court, but this is a pretty heady, pretty important uh, spot for, for any judge, no? It is because of the fact that a lot of cases involving administrative agencies that are, of course, based in Washington, D.C. or, or uh, otherwise, that they those cases often come up before the uh, D.C. Circuit. And so a lot of uh, cases that have a lot of profile involving uh, challenges to administrative regulation or other government actions come up through the DC circuit and so to that extent uh, it's a very important uh, role and it's why a lot of DC circuit judges over the years uh, including Brett Kavanaugh and before him Anton Scalia Ruth Bader Ginsburg a lot of Supreme Court nominees have been drawn have been drawn from the DC circuit so that would, I imagine, whatever direction, that will be a, an important nomination in its own in its own right, whatever direction the president-elect goes there now. 
Yes, as will a lot. They'll have a lot of other vacancies uh, to fill, presumably, and, and a lot of Democratic appoint, appointed judges are likely to take senior status uh, in a Democratic administration. So they'll have some judicial vacancies to fill across the country, but the D.C. Circuit is an especially important one. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.